Welcome back to Hit the Court Stories. It's a beautiful Friday morning, and today we're going to do another Q&A session. First question is coming from a player. What do you regret doing or not doing while you were a junior player? Huh. Okay, uh, that's a great question. Uh, there isn't much I regret, in all honesty. Uh, some things that maybe in, in, in hindsight, uh, maybe I could have done better. Uh, for example, I could have worked a little harder to, you know, maybe uh, focus on my uh, on my athletic ability. Um, I mean, but I mean, that's the thing about looking back, right? I mean, could I have worked harder to potentially achieve a higher ranking? Yeah, sure. Uh, could I have chosen to hit some different shots that would have affected the trajectory of my junior career? Yeah, absolutely. I still remember some shots that I hit that cost me a match, uh, you know, 20 something years now, you know, but overall I, the one thing that I know that I did was I, I tried my best. So I, I don't really have any regrets. I, I would say I have more of a hindsight evaluation, I suppose. If I could, if I looked back and evaluated what I did, um, I probably could have, like I said earlier, I could have focused a little bit more on, on becoming a, a more well-rounded athlete and uh, work, could have worked on my physical conditioning. I've learned a lot since I was a junior player. And I felt, always felt like I did what I could do at that time. So, uh, yeah, being being a more complete athlete and getting in better shape probably would have helped me stay healthier. Probably one of the few things I would go back in time and try to accomplish. Okay, next question is coming from a parent. What was your schedule like when you were a junior player? So I didn't really start taking tennis all that seriously and until I got to high school, I didn't really know what I could do with the sport. I mean, I was ranked top two in the 10 and unders and in the 12 and unders, but at the same time, it never really occurred to me that I could take the sport and, and, and go play collegially. So it wasn't really until high school that I started taking it seriously. But if I took a snippet of what it was like in my day-to-day -day high school life, this is kind of how it would go. Basically, school from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., Monday through Friday, uh, I went to a public school here in the Los Angeles area, so that was always set. My, my mom would pick me up from school, and on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, I would go to uh, Mountain Gate Country Club, where I trained, and I'd usually be done with tennis around 6 or 7 p.m., depending on the day. Uh, by the time I returned home, it would be around 7.30 or 8, and uh, the next step for me would, would be to try to get myself as organized as possible. Uh, I have to make sure that I eat. I have to make sure I do my homework. I have to make sure I stretch and get to bed at a reasonable hour. So the, the, the first 30 minutes from once I got back home were incredibly crucial. And if I was lucky, I'd finish everything by 11 p.m. And if you're, you're probably wondering, how, you know, how is that even possible? Well, during the, school, during the school day, I would try to do my schoolwork during lunch. So I would eat and I would work, do work at the same time to try to ease, ease the workload later on the in, in, in the you know in the day and i would uh if i wasn't lucky i would finish around 1 a.m so i had this window between 11 to 1 a.m 11 p.m to 1 a.m where i would try to finish all my work and then get some sleep and that was uh that's pretty much what my day-to-day -day schedule was like for four years straight and pretty much up until i went off to college it was a very structured schedule a very and again in hindsight a very disciplined schedule there were definitely times where I felt like it was too much. 
and there was definitely times where I felt like I wanted to to break free and take a break and and, and not live that kind of ske- lifestyle and live that kind of schedule. But looking back, it did keep me in check. It did keep me in line. Um, I would say that 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 type of schedule that was very different than what was seen in college. And when I went off to college, I had a little difficulty adjusting to the college schedule, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. Next question uh, from a parent. How did you mentally approach matches you played in your junior days? And did it change when you went to college? I could definitely answer that last part very quickly. Yes. How I mentally approach my matches definitely changed when I went off to college. Uh, but let's actually, you know what? Let's start with the first part of the question. I would say there was a lot more focus on strategizing specifically for certain kids in the in in during back in my junior days. When you got to, when I got to a certain level, I started seeing the same kids over and over again. So it was pretty easy to catalog these players, their strengths, their weaknesses how to beat them, what should I be worried about when I play against them. And even when I start, you know, even when I played at a, at a national tournament, again, it was mostly the same kids that were traveling out and playing the national tournaments. So starting, you know, starting in the 10 and unders and then finishing all the way through 18, really saw the same kids over and over again. And, but you know, in college, that doesn't really happen. In college, I actually met a lot of kids I'd never played before. So I needed to find a way to 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 still continue to win. And the one thing that I wanted to do and, 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 and train myself to do was to quickly analyze my opponent's weakness and, and establish a dominating presence as fast as possible. Uh, and so when my... When I got to college and after my fr- my freshman year, my approach totally changed. I needed to find a way to, again, make sure that I could come up against any player that I that I faced. So, the the toughest part was making sure that I was still playing my game while still attacking my opponent's weakness and exploiting them and making sure that I again knew exactly uh you know how to how to play that specific opponent so it was a very difficult transition for me personally and i think again looking back it's again it's more of a hindsight evaluation um i probably should have focused a little bit more on developing uh, my my game my own personal style of playing the a style of playing that could really play play against anyone as opposed to designing my game specifically for certain players I think that probably would be, and again, in hindsight, uh, what I would do. It's what I do now with with all of my current students. I try to, uh, my brother and I try to share with them strategies on how to beat players while still playing their game. And that's all based off of my own personal experience of having to deal with that difficult transition from junior tennis to college tennis. Next question. So this is also from a parent. My child doesn't seem to take practice seriously enough, and then he or she ends up losing a tournament. How can I get my child to take practice more seriously? Well, this is a tough question because there's usually many different factors at play. The first thing you want to examine is whether or not they're 
goofing around or actually having fun. And there's a very big difference between goofing around and having fun. Something that parents always need a little bit of a reminder is that tennis is still a game at the at the very core and its very essence. It's still a game. It's a good thing if the child is having fun. It's not a good thing if the child is goofing off. And And, and I'll explain the difference. If the child's having fun, they are interacting with the game and they're finding ways to to be creative and make the game their own. If they're goofing off, then they're not interacting with the game and they're not engaging and they're just trying to find a way to to basically keep themselves in that moment because they're really not that interested. So again, there's a very big difference and it's important for a parent to see the difference because if they're goofing around, it's possible that they don't actually enjoy the game. And if that's the case, then a different conversation needs to happen. But if they're having fun and they're trying new things, they're trying different shots, they're kind of exploring how to play this game, then that's great. That's exactly one you want to see. And you don't want to take that away from your child. Tennis can be a very complicated sport to learn. And from my experience, it's definitely best to encourage whatever you know form it whatever it is that they're you know however it is that they're engaging with the sports definitely best to encourage that you want to make sure that they, that they stay interested you want to make sure that they stay happy because that's how and that's when the child is going to learn the best and they're going to learn the, learn the most on how to play the sport so i will say though there is a little bit of a caveat to all of this again practice it depends on also which kind of practice are they doing drills are they learning the mechanics of the sport are they playing points if the child is playing points or playing a practice match it's probably best to remind them that they need to be mentally present and kind of almost pretend like it's a real match right uh prominent figure skater uh, uh christy yamaguchi she once said that Every time she was on the practice rink, she always pretended that there were fans in the crowd. She always pretended like it was a real competition situation. And so that way it would prepare her mentally for when she was actually in the, in the heat of the competition. So at the end of it all, it's really important for the coach, the player, and the parent to be on the same page. And that way nobody is confused about how they should behave when they're on the court. And again, don't forget, for, from a, if you look at it from a child's perspective, they don't have the same experience as a player, or sorry, as a parent, as a coach, right? They're just seeing this game and they're experiencing it for the first time. And so they're going to react to it in a very innocent way. And so again, I would encourage parents to, number one, take a look at, is it goofing around? Or are they actually in having fun and trying to, trying to engage with the sport? And then I would encourage the player, the parent, and the coach to have a discussion on how they should also be behaving when they're doing practice points, practice matches. And as long as everyone's on the same page in agreement, then there's no confusion. As long as there's no confusion, uh, then everything should be fine. Last question. Uh, this is from a player. Why did you enjoy competing so much? That's a great question, and I've thought about this 
many, many times throughout my, my life. Uh, I actually, I can name some specific moments. Number one, after I found out that I got into college, there was a moment there where I asked myself, okay, I'm about to do this for a few more years. Why? Why do I enjoy doing this? I also asked myself this question once I stopped competing um, and, and playing seriously. I asked myself, okay, well, I'm about to stop, and uh, and this is kind of a big deal. So, again, why do I why do I enjoy competing so much? Am I am I sure that I want to stop? Well, after all these years, my 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 answer is very simple. Competing means effort, not winning or losing. Right, putting in effort into the sport was always a something that I can control. It was always a choice. I could control how hard I was going to push myself that day on the tennis court. I could always control how hard I would compete or push myself on a on a on a match court. Right when I'm in a tournament setting, I could always control that. My effort was always within my control. But with any sport, sometimes you can't control the outcome of a match winning and losing you can't always control how that plays out there have been plenty of times where i was just outplayed or i played against someone who was simply better than me in general and there were some times where i was unstoppable so i mean this is why i hated losing so much and now that i think about it winning it's a great feeling it was nice but it was always a temporary feeling (laughs) Because it's impossible for everyone to always win and for and, and, and for, for someone to lose all the time. It, the whole point of the sport is everyone wins, everyone loses, right? Federer has lost, Nadal has lost, Medvedev has lost, Djokovic has lost. Everyone's lost. So it's it's almost like winning and losing are, are essentially the, the same thing. They're just part of the, they're just a, a result, a functionality of the sport that has to happen. I will say this though, when I competed at my best, it was because I prepared myself mentally, physically, and emotionally to battle against any player. And my efforts to showcase my abilities and execute strategies better than my opponent really determined whether or not I was a good competitor that day. I think one of the problems with a lot of today's kids is, and and some parents need to understand this, is that Winning and losing are, are basically they're they're just results, right? And they and I think they I think players associate competition, player and parents associate competition, and they tie it too closely with winning and losing. If you're the type to focus on that, I can almost promise you the emotional roller coaster that comes from from winning and losing, it'll catch up to you one day. You're just not going to be able to deal with it anymore. It's too taxing. The losses are going to feel worse and worse, and the wins are going to feel greater and greater, but they're also going to be fleeting just as much because you still have the losses that weigh you down emotionally. So every, you know, again, uh, there's nothing, it, there's nothing really about competition that, shouldn't be focused around the 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 efforts of, of how much you put, how much effort you put into it everything should be pretty much focused about the effort and i think it's important for for 
players to start to enjoy the process of the competition that there shouldn't be anything quite as exhilarating right as stepping out onto a court and going head-to-head play with another player who's ready to compete just as much as you and find out what the result is going to be if parents and coaches and players place more emphasis on that type of philosophy i think and i know actually i know i know the player is going to 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 perform the best they possibly can i know the coaches will be happy because they'll actually see their player performing and more importantly i think the parents are going to see that their that their their child is going to be happy they're just going to be happier over the long run anyways uh Thank you so much for tuning in. And again, like as I always say, I try to create these podcasts as frequently as possible. There's just some days or some weeks where it's a little bit more difficult than others. So thanks so much for tuning in for Hit the Court Stories. And be on the lookout for the next episode.